Hello, I'm Chris Hudson and welcome to FRS's Freight and Commodity Podcast on Wednesday the 6th of April. On this week's podcast, let's explore the dry freight, carbon emissions, iron ore and steel markets and see what's happened the past week. In the news, we have seen some market moving events. The EU looks set to ban Russian shipping and coal imports, uh, with President Macron calling for a ban on Russian oil. And there is also a proposed ban on imports of Russian alcohol, seafood and wood. On the other hand, Australia has projected record export earnings after sales of coal and gas amid record high prices pushes earnings to $319 billion. ExxonMobil has estimated quarterly profits that could be the highest in more than a decade after Russia's invasion of Ukraine drove oil and gas prices sharply higher. But what have we seen week on week in terms of the indexes of our main markets? Well, this is Tuesday the 29th of March versus yesterday, the Tuesday the 5th of April. On the dry freight, Cape Size 5TC, almost a non-mover there, around about 13,500. On the Panamax 4TC, that has come off slightly just over $3,000 a day, uh, now ending 25226 having been just under 29000 previously. Supermax 10TC, that was 32401 now closing yesterday, 29260 On the iron ore, we have edged up a little bit further, another 8 bucks or so, and now 16080 closing on yesterday's report. On the crude oil, that is a non-mover almost as well. A 108.94 a week ago, 107.25. Uh, not, I guess, taking into account a lot of things that have been happening in terms of the strategic reserve of oil by the US over the next few months. Big mover in the market recently of, after having moved up so significantly previously on the start of the conflict in Eastern Europe. Uh, again, on the Sing.5, following that general trend, it was $804.10 FIS closure report on the front future. Now $780.85 off slightly there, again down with crude. On the tankers, TD3C was $4164 but has edged up $4605. On the TC2, route $196.64 was now $188.89, down slightly there. And same is true on the TC5, down to $170.71, having been $185. On the steel, we're looking at European steel. Northwest Europe was $1,387.50 a week ago, now $1,350, so a slight cooling there. And the same is true on the European emissions compulsory. The EUAs was €81.70, now 78.05 yesterday's close. With the Chinese public holiday, things may have been a little quieter than usual in the dry freight market. Despite a resolute attempt by the Capes to hold back the negative tide, the smaller ships have dropped lower. Uh, we have Kerry Deal, our head of business development here, and I think it is fair to say that with Easter approaching, it seems we're going to need a bit of a resurrection to get this market going again. <laughs> indeed, indeed, Chris. The dry freight has finally seen a bit of a downward correction over the past week. With the big and the ongoing story being the lockdowns in China, which are dampening demand, will continue to dampen demand. Capes actually held up through much of last week on the back of solid global coal demand and an increasing share of the coal shipping on Capes. That's despite growing tonnage supply in the Pacific region. Market sources reported that many ships still preferred to stay in the Pacific rather than ballasting. This is an ongoing story. We've repeated this each week. That's due to the high bunker costs and unclear weather prospects in Brazil. That added further downward pressure for the Pacific routes as the week went on. Moreover, iron ore demand from China has been seemingly lackluster. The key C5 iron ore route, West Aussie to China, was fixing towards $11 middle of last week before coming back to around $10.80 before the weekend and dropping sharply this week, falling to sub-$9 levels yesterday 
again, that's uh, against thinning demand and a uh, Chinese public holiday earlier this week. In the Atlantic, Brazil iron ore shipments to China stayed flat in volumes, but rates fell on the nearby amid no significant improvement, with iron ore cargoes from Sudest to Qingdao fixing between 25 and a half to $26 for late April. Although it's still worth noting that it's holding above $31 for mid-May dates. On paper, the front-month May 5TC contract has shed over $5,000 since Friday to trade at $25,000 value this morning. That's according to FIS Live. Well, the Q4, although holding up better, has shed over two grand since Friday to trade at $34,250 this morning. The Panamaxes have also been hit, dragged down by an underperforming Atlantic region for both transatlantic uh, cargoes, well, particularly transatlantic cargoes, and rates came off their recent highs. Fixtures included North Coast South America, redelivery SCAW, jib range falling from $32,500 to $28,000 during the past week. Activity out of East Coast South America was notably muted, although the front haul index has held up generally better, finding some support in the low mid-30,000s. The Asian market also came under pressure, and really out there, Indonesia is the sole support. Fixture-wise, Indonesia redelivery China was paid at 22,000 down to 21,500 for early April dates, and around 20,000 being paid for Japan redelivery. Overall, coal shipments from Indonesia remain at these record high levels we've been seeing for some weeks now. And they are likely to stay there. Coupled with market expectations of East Coast South America grain demand picking up as the harvest comes closer to completion, this should help to provide a floor. But I think until we see robust iron ore demand from China, the big story is really going to be what I mentioned earlier, the, the increasing share of coal being carried on the capes. Last week, that was around 26% of all coal carried on cape-sized vessels instead of Panamaxes, which would be more usual. This will continue to cap upside movements, I think, for the Panamax market looking forward. Public holiday early this week in China has not helped the Panamax paper to maintain either volumes or price levels, and the front-month 4TC contract has fallen $2,500 since Monday morning, sitting right now at 25500 value today. Q3 is almost flat to this, interestingly enough, trading 25250 this morning, according to FIS Live. The steel market has a new development coming to its European contract and it's continuing at high price levels, something which looks set to continue for the near future. Rob Belcher, you are our steel broker here at FIS. Tell us a bit more about this new options contract and steel more generally. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, so the uh, new options market uh, coming to the European sector, uh, ticker is EHO, it's the European hot rolled call options market, average priced option contract. Um, that's now had a date locked in by the CME for the 2nd of May. So it's been, you know, a long-anticipated launch of this. I've uh, been working with a lot of clients over the, the Q1 period. It's something that's been requested by a lot of physical and financial players. So it'll be good to see that come to fruition and um, get people involved in the market. I mean... Linking that into the uh, futures market in the European hot rolled, uh, I mean, we, we, we've seen a, a chaotic, chaotic start to the uh, the year on this. I mean, volumes have have really stepped up. I mean, they they from Q3 to Q4, we did see a big increase, and that's that's obviously continued into 2022. Um, the, the the prices um, appear to have reached a, a plateau at the moment, and the uh, precipitous and unprecedented uptrend of early March. 
But the the benchmark, Argus's benchmark uh, on the index, it rose from uh, 970 spot 50 euros at the start of March to a record high of 1411 spot 75 euros on the 24th of March. It has now retraced slightly to 1350 euros per tonne. Um, the market rallied hard on the uh, disruption to CIS coil and slab shipments, but has reached a level where many opting not to buy or turn into cheaper imported tons. Um, Chinese material uh, was recently sold into Antwerp for uh, €1,100 Euros per tonne, uh, including duty. Um, while material from elsewhere in Asia is available for around um, €1,180 Euros a tonne, uh, at a steep discount to domestic mill offers. Um, you know, mills have, have tried to maintain a firm line on prices around the sort of 1350, 1400 euro a tonne mark, but lead times remain short. Uh, the large service centres will still be able to buy from May from European producers. Um, the futures market is retraced in tandem with physical, uh, with July trading around. 1,220 euros a tonne. It was trading at around 1,450 euros a tonne at this time last month. So that was the European market, Rob, and I know it's something that we have high hopes of, of really increasing, as you said, the, the volumes this year already significantly up on last year, so it's really good to see in that market. But what about focusing a little bit more on the US side of things? Yeah, I mean, yesterday we, we did see a bit of uh, selling pressure into, into the marketplace. Uh, you know, there's a sentiment that's uh, anticipating a weaker steel market in uh, sort of mid-April 22, given the current backwardation into May 22. I mean, on the more political side of things, a couple of senators have written to the president to remove tariffs on Ukrainian produced steel. Um, I mean, I'm quite sceptical on this, on the actual benefit, given that the plants and has been shelled and have, con- have continued warfare. Um, I mean, it's quite hard to see, but... I mean, shredded scrap prices in the US are cited to be less strong than initially thought, um, especially given the last levels sold to Turkey. Um, and domestic scrap trade still underway with little impact on the Bushlin futures curve. Um, and just, just a brief overview on some of, the, some of the market volumes. I mean, year on year, 21 versus 22, you know, we're seeing some big increases on the, on the US hot rolled up 30%, European up 114%. Um, and that, that, that continues into um, the LME uh, scrap contracts as well. 32% for the uh, Turkish uh, scrap um, and rebar up 187. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the, to the new launch of the uh, European HRC contract because the way that the US hot rolled contract has increased over the year, I mean, we, we were looking at sort of 16,000 16, tonnes to approximately now year to date about 125,000 tonnes so that's almost a you know six six uh, six hundred and eighty five percent increase um, year on year on that product so if that's anything to go by what the European contract has to bring you know we're in for some good liquidity. If I was a betting man I would have put money on the resumption of normality in the carbon markets last week that being its steady rise in price as environmental restrictions tighten and the price to pollute increases but I would have been wrong as Julian Fan our emissions broker here at FS is going to tell me Well exactly Chris so we um the normality hasn't resumed and we have seen another week of light trading and relatively poor liquidity in the carbon market as well. So for EUAs, after DEC 22 settled on the 25th, the price largely unchanged by only up by 0.26% of the week, and the price this week is rather static. 
And the price fluctuations have largely been driven by regulatory news surrounding by ETS and wider market development in energy commodities, especially TTF gas. The inverse correlation between TTF and EUAs at present continues as the price of allowance significantly dropped. And as for UKA, UK allowance prices diverged just from EUA as well and closed 1.8% lower this week as the market participants awaited verified emission data from the UK ETS first year of trading. And um, for voluntary carbon side, April fairy tale could happen with potential last-minute compliance buying. We do believe that EUA prices will still be driven by overall liquidity and risk management. This is why gas and carbon showed a negative correlation recently, which in theory shouldn't be the case. Overall, the topic is bullish, as we are not really on track on our 55% reduction target in the EU. Over the past one month, we have seen more regions in Asia have joined the global net zero effort by releasing its transition plan. Taiwan has pledged to be net zero by 2050. In this plan, Taiwan will focus on renewables and investing in hydrogen and CCUS and nature-based solutions. However, the supportive role carbon prices play in this roadmap will remain to be seen. More support for the Japanese voluntary carbon market has been forecasted as well. Up to 400 companies ranging from manufacturing, power, finance and mining have signed up for Japan's voluntary carbon emission trading scheme. In addition, Regulators in Hong Kong will move to shape itself as a major voluntary carbon trading hub in Asia, acting as an intermediary between international traders and mainland China's carbon market. Following on from Kerry's comments about the iron ore needing to see that resolute demand, uh, although the iron ore index has edged up week on week, but that doesn't disguise the problems that the virus, the disruption in China has had on the market. Although with the construction industry sending better vibes to traders and there seems to be a little bit more light at the end of the tunnel, as our analyst Halpe explains. Iron ore market dynamic has quietly changed over the last two weeks by the support of a China government on the housing market. So all the housing related equities have a good performance. Some of them, some leading developers has raised more than 30% from the bottom over the last week. Uh, so raw materials and various related products all enjoy, all join the carnival. Well, remember in early of the year, in Q1 of the year, we were doubt uh, why the, uh, the peak iron production was going up while the steel mills utilization rate is going down. So where did the pig iron go? The answer was some are bought by mills because EAF's utilization rates were dropped significantly because the import of the scrap were almost 100% disrupted caused by the wall. The other reason is uh, Almost 30% of EAF production were generated from eastern China, which was um, mostly impacted by the pandemic. So, um, so that's the reason. So, pig iron in uh, so in some pig iron increment was used to fill the gap, which EAF can uh, can produce. 
so uh, if we go back to iron ore market in detail uh, which we saw plats raised 6.63% across week from the report date and um, indicated a bullish sentiment on the recovery of seaborne market. The market was believed risky in current high price area as iron ore overdrafted potentially the expectation on demand. Seaborne market started recover after remain quite for the last two months. Real Tinto sold across months loading Pilbara blend fines with a uh, 61% lacon, a ferrous grade lacon from April 27th to May the 6th. And earlier, Real Tinto also sold a fixed price by the end of March. Other than PBF, MSEF was still the most popular mainstream on port side as well as on seaborne market currently. But in general, steel mills are still happy to use the lower content, uh, lower ferrous grade as a cost effective strategy. FMG narrow discount from 37 to 31 in April indicated uh, the low grade and discount iron ores are still primary furnace input for China mills. The front spreads for example May June maintained around negative 0.2 during the week but uh, from a pure statistical angle the spreads have potential to recover. However, the reality for the current uh, current flat ten structure reflected the buyers rolling back to for a further month is due during the uncertainty of pandemic condition. That's it for this week and also the next two weeks. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with you on Wednesday, the 27th of April. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the freight and quantity space, then do sign up for our app, FIS Live, or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. <laughs>